Welcome everyone to the podcast Soccer is Life. My name is Karim. Welcome everybody. Axel speaking here. We're back after International Week. Let's go. Yep. Finally, man. Premier League. Oh my God. That lasted for like five weeks. Seriously. <laughs> All right, man. So uh, the first game is uh, Man City versus West Ham. 4-0. Easy. I don't know, man. I don't know if I can say it was an easy, easy game, but Man City are making those games look very easy to them. Maybe least. we should not talk about City at all for the rest of the season. What do you think about that? I don't know, man. I'm waiting for them to slip. I want to talk about them. You because know. I wanna, they play... I want to see them... Because every game is 3-0 minimum. 3-0, 4 5 6 Yeah, the score... The, the, the score. I mean, they're not even. They're not just winning, but they're winning with big scores. Yeah. So what I was. But one saying, thing though, they they can't be like until now. I'm convinced that they can't beat Liverpool, um, and perhaps maybe they can't beat any other team, other big teams who who perform or who, who would be like on top of their game. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, like okay, they're winning with a lot of goals, but they can't even beat Liverpool. So. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know, you know how to you, judge them. You, you, you know how you win the league. You, you don't. You don't. This is you know. It's a bit too cliche, but uh, as they say, you don't win the league by beating. It's not about the big teams. It's about the small teams. Uh, because you, as a player, you're gonna be more motivated to play against City, against Arsenal, against Liverpool, against United, yeah. against Chelsea, True. against Tottenham. The motivation is there because you know who, yeah. who they are. You know, on a global scale. But if you play against fucking Watford or Cardiff, you know hardest field you know and maybe you're not familiar with the english league you're from brazil you just came from spain or whatever you, you just don't know these teams and uh you might take it easy or like not have the mid, the motivation or the hunger for it yeah and that's how you get gut um so as a coach one of the biggest jobs is is to motivate your players you know and that's we're we're seeing that in united um that's not happening for example uh but what i'll say about city is um I think what Guardiola really wants to do, I mean, of course he wants to do it, it goes without saying, but he wants to make sure that he retains a title. He retains a title because that will be big for him in England. Uh, who, who has managed to retain it? Only United, I think, has managed to retain, retain the title. City, has won, City and Chelsea have won leagues recently, Yeah. but the next year, it's always... A new, a new there's team. A, there's a big dip all the time, especially yeah. Chelsea. They win one year. Next year, they finish 15th. Yeah. The year after, they win again. Uh, City, same thing. Maybe not, 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 not as extreme, but they win one year. Next year, you know, it might be second or third, you know, and I'm talking about the Mancini or the Pellegrini era. Um, but now I think Pep wants to change this completely. So uh, I'm sure that, you know, when he was preparing for the season ahead, he made sure uh, that his, all of his boys knew what the expectations were. Uh, that you know, you need to keep. Do you think it's it's more important for him to like for Pep Guardiola? I'm not saying like your point of view, but in, if if you if you try to get into his head, mm. do you think it's more important for him to retain the Premier League title than to win the Champions League? Because he, I I I think I have heard him say it. For him, he was like absolutely man, winning yeah. the Premier League again, having this consistency. Yeah, is much more difficult and it's much more of a desire for him than winning a Champions League. I mean, it's true because you know, Champions League is like an it's a it's a it's a competition, right? So it's it's really it's a I don't want to say hit or miss, but you have you can you can you can have a strategy around it. You know, it's like when United won the Europa League or when I don't know freaking Chelsea won the Champions League in 2012. That was I don't I don't 
I don't think that on. It was a weird. It was a weird trophy for them to pick up, you know. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's like Croatia getting to the World Cup finals. You know, England could have England could have gotten there as well. So when it's a competition, it's different. You know, it's a it's a different level of concentration. But when it's the league all year round, the same consistency, the same focus, it's a true, like genuine marathon. Yeah. And that's why, as a coach, of course you take more solace in winning the league. Uh, I think that you know when he says that he. I think I see two sides of the same story here. Uh, number one, he wants to keep uh, his cards close to his chest. Like, he doesn't want to voice the fact that, you know, winning the Champions League will be more important because then, you know, people will focus on that and he wants to have, like, an out, basically, if yeah. he doesn't win. Yeah. If uh, he runs into club again. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But at the same time, I do I do believe that um, that he would he would... I mean, of course, as a coach, you want to get another Champions League, but I think that... Winning, retaining the Premier League is something that is so, so important and and almost yeah not possible to I achieve. Think, I you think know? especially in in uh, in the Premier League or in England, yeah, a no, lot of teams not, say a lot of teams see that winning the Premier League is much more rewarding mm. than winning a Champions League. Yeah, um, and that also summarizes the 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 menu era. I mean, you guys yeah, have been United you picked have it up been, in yeah have 07, been like 09, dominating 07. in England yeah. and. Had maybe perhaps Ferguson had what two Champions League trophies? Uh, yeah. So and, okay. So you know, it, it, you know I, I would say it started in obviously when the trophies were really coming in uh, 07 because you know 0, for 07 uh, League One, 08 League One, 09 League One. So three years in a row. That's yeah. almost. I don't know if it's like maybe, maybe Pep can do that, but that would be really really hard with everybody else improving yeah. uh, with the likes of Chelsea, Arsenal. Yeah, uh, Liverpool I with won't. Mo Salah playing at Liverpool, man. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, <laughs> I, obviously I'm not gonna even put United in that conversation, but basically you have enough challengers there. Uh, and then of course, of course, the Champions League final in '09 against Barcelona and 2011 again against Barcelona that we both lost. Um, so yeah, that that to build a level of consistency, that belief in your players to instill that factor, you know, it's it's very important. I think. I think that's the focus that Pep Guardiola wants to build right now. Uh, you know, obviously he has injuries as well, left, right, center. Ben, Benjamin Mendy injured again for again, 10 weeks. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Derailed your season yeah. almost, you know. Kevin De Bruyne hasn't really played this season, we can yeah, say. Yeah, man, and they have been, you know, winning 4-0 without, yeah, yeah. without De Bruyne, Christ. which yeah. is, is scary. So, all yeah, right, man. That's what I would say about City. All right, all right. Let's fuck, move fuck to uh, the other, you know, other side of the city. Manchester United, yeah, zero zero against Crystal Palace. Well, this the the scoreline says it all, zero zero. Was the game at, at Manchester United or was it at Palace? It was in Manchester. Okay. Yeah. Because I know it's always hard to play uh, to play at top when you when you play Crystal Palace, but no, it wasn't no, the no. case for this game. Listen, I know that's true, but I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it because Palace have they've lost. They've only won one game so far this okay. season. Like yeah. in out of thirteen games, they've won one game. They've lost, I think, six games of their last uh, seven. And they come to Old Trafford, and that's they, where they pick up a point? Listen, they were more dangerous during the first 45 minutes by far. Uh, maybe, maybe Manchester United had tried to pick, pick, up, pick up a pace in the, in the second half. But like Crystal Palace had a lot of really dangerous chances if they have put one of these chances in the goal. Of course, perhaps it may have of, been a, of, another story, of man. Of course, but that's that's about how we as United approach the game. Yeah, they are doing that because we let them do that. Yeah, I mean, when I say we let them, I'm not saying like 
we, like we give them permission. No, it's because we, 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 we don't know what we're doing with ourselves, you know? Yeah. You have Matic, Pogba, and Mata in the middle there. I mean, Pogba, that, that wasn't like the best uh, Pogba game. Uh, but to me, you can't take Pogba off before you take like a, a Matic, for example. Because right now, at the, like... Unless you don't want to win the game. <laughs> exactly, because, because... So for me, Pogba will always be important in terms of creativity. Even when he's having like an off game... Yeah, with one ball, he can yeah. change the game. Maybe if you replace him, like put a Fred in, you know, not like a fucking Fellaini or whatever, you know. Yeah. And I don't want to disrespect Fellaini, but it's it's about the style of play that we're trying to, uh, to build, okay, you man. know. You, you can disrespect him. I don't... No, I don't want to disrespect him because it's not fair on him, you know, as, as a professional. Uh, it's not fair to just pick one player as a scapegoat because all of them, they're, 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 they are yeah, to blame. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, you have Matic on the pitch. He hasn't been playing for the last, I don't know how many months. You have Jesse Lingard, who um, is winning more tackles than, uh, than Matic, uh, slash winning more tackles than any, play, any other player on the field. Yeah. You have, uh, who was it? Uh, uh, I don't remember if it was uh, Jesse Lingard. No, say, uh, more ball recoveries than, uh, than, uh, than Matic. Yeah. Then I don't know what Matic is doing on the pitch, you know? Um, Jesse Lingard... Juan Mata, some of our most creative players uh, during the game, but Taking they get subbed off. off. Yeah. They get subbed off. That's right. And, you know, Matic is still there. Like I told you this weekend, I'm sure that when these things happen, Matic is like talking, like in his head, he's like, oh shit, yeah, like right. I'm still playing right now? Like how come I'm, am I fucking playing right now? <laughs> even, uh, even Matic himself is surprised. He's man. surprised, yeah. So what I would say last, like, because to me at this point, there's no point in talking about the games like as as far as analysis anymore with united yeah uh you know what we're saying this year so far is that we start the games way too slow it's almost like we need a one zero uh we need like a to start with a disadvantage to really wake up and smell the coffee and actually start playing Mourinho actually said in the press conference that um you know of course he has a, his own battle with the media he yeah, says he, he says oh you really think that jose Tells them, oh, start slow, please. Start slow, start slow. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was funny as fuck, actually. Uh, but he says, you know, he says that, no, he, he tells the, the players the exact contrary, the exact opposite. Okay. Go there, guys. Start really strong. Yeah. But then that doesn't translate on the, the, the field, you know? So I, I, I don't know where we go from here. He, he also said that, you know, the players didn't know the importance, the importance of, the, of this game. Yeah. And that's why, you know... Uh, Listen, their hands I, we can we can say and that when you talk about your players like that, how do you want yeah, them to perform? Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the next we, game, we can say that this team is not good enough. That I think that's a that's a generally accurate statement. You know, yeah. if you compare with Liverpool, Chelsea, yeah. City, yeah. Uh, even Arsenal, you know, but surely this team is good enough to beat Crystal Palace. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if we play five games in a yeah. row, we should be able to beat them five fucking games. Yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't I don't I just can't believe that we have a team with players like Alexis Sanchez, Romero Lukaku, Paul Pogba, uh, Fred, you know, De Gea, freaking Eric Bailly, Ander Herrera, Juan Mata, and we can't beat a Crystal Palace. To me that doesn't make sense. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. So uh, for me right now it's the, I don't believe I don't have the confidence in him anymore. As in I don't I don't think he can turn it around. Now it's 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 it's, it's yeah. over. Yeah, that's he can't it. turn it around. So that's he can go on Mourinho. and on and on. But he, I don't, I don't think he has the the special one. We've seen everything to to t- that shows us that he 
won't be able to turn it around. Yeah. Right now, for me, what it looks like, it's like a, it's a relationship uh, where both parties are sick of each other, yeah. but nobody wants to come, come, come out and like file for a divorce or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we heard about those clause that exist, uh, like if Mourinho... Man, it's crazy that those clause, If he's fired... I mean, to be honest, man, those clause, I think, in the last couple of years have been stopping a lot of cr- uh, a lot of big clubs from sacking their managers. I mean, it's not a clause, actually. It, it's just like, the, the, it's, the, it's a labor... It's no, a labor. but it used, to be, it used to be easier than this to fire your manager when, when the results have been no. going the other way. It was easier only because the salary was cheaper. Like, if I pay you 100k a year... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. fire you easily because that that's not much yeah. money for me. Yeah. But if you're talking about a, play, a, a manager like Pep Guardiola or Mourinho, yeah. who are getting like 15 million pounds a year plus, yeah. that's a lot of money. Yeah. That's a lot of money, and 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 it's not like it's a player that you're you're getting rid of. No, it's because that that manager that is already I think Mourinho is getting like something like 20 million fucking pounds no, he, a year. No, he's getting paid a lot. Yeah. So when you have a manager like that. There's more added cost than that because he's already spent 350, 400 million almost. Yeah. So that's a loss as well because he bought players that, uh, you know, the next yeah, manager, the next manager you, you will yeah. hope that the next, next manager can use. But if he doesn't use them, that's the thing. Now you have to fire him. That's another 24 mil to just get rid of him. Yeah. You got to hire another manager. Yeah. So you got to pay the other manager and you got to pro- provide him with the money. Yeah. that he's going to need to uh, build another squad. Build so, yeah. so right now that's going on. It's the it's just a waiting game. Mourinho will not go anywhere until we are sure that we won't make it into the top four because there's a clause that in, in his contract that says that that makes it easier to fire him okay. if he doesn't make top, top oh, okay. four. Okay. Yeah, like it, yeah. it drastically yeah. decreases the, All right. the payout. So. All right, man, let's move on. Um, next game, Liverpool-Watford 3-0. Yeah, Liverpool was uh, playing again with the you know four-two-three-one uh, formation, mm-hmm. uh, having Salah play as a number nine or false number nine, mm-hmm. uh, have Shakiri in and uh, you know as a number you know a number ten, but more on the right hand side. Right. Uh, Firmino was dropping back a lot. You would you would think he was playing as a defensive midfield. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, three-zero. Um, I. I think that Liverpool is going to play like this uh, for the rest of the, for most of the games moving on but yeah. I have had debates with other Liverpool fans saying that this is the way Klopp is going to play uh, against teams who park the bus. Uh, so I'm unsure if Liverpool are going to have the same formation. I mean that would be a question or, or you know let's see what's happening next or is is Liverpool going to play like this even uh, against PSG for example mm. on Wednesday are they going to play with the same formation same tactics? 4-2-3-1, uh, you know, when they play against City or when they play against Chelsea again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's the way Klopp wants to move. Uh, I mean, wants to have his formation moving forward. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know. We'll see We'll see on Wednesday. I think Wednesday will be really interesting to well, see for me, who plays and how they play. Right. For me, for me, we've already seen three phases of Liverpool right now. Uh, and right now, we're, we're, we're currently in the third phase. The first phase was Liverpool picking up from last year, doing what they do. Uh, the scores were, I think, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season, 2-0, 3-0. And then they had a, I don't want to say a dip because it doesn't show in the results. Yeah. But when they just kept winning 1-0, 1-0, barely getting over the line, uh, maybe a draw here and there, uh, when Mo Salah wasn't really firing, and then he tried to, like, change the positions. He tried to insert Shakiri in there uh, when Mo Salah's confidence wasn't really up there and Mane was bagging goals left, right, center. 
and then now a third phase that I, I believe started a couple of weeks ago, uh, yeah. probably after the Chelsea game or something. Yeah. Uh, where now they pick up where they left off again last year. We're seeing the similar style, um, high pressing, high intensity, um, as opposed to the one zero where they were more pragmatic, you know. So, uh, yeah, three zero, you know. Henderson Salah scored what like a very unfortunate. I mean, I was I was happy for Henderson to come back. I really think he should be a starter. Maybe if if you're gonna play with two midfielders right now, the two who. I would pick or Henderson and Fabinho, right? Um, but or Henderson and Naby Keita. Naby Keita, man, he has a lot to prove this season because he has a lot because he started so strongly. He started so strongly. He started, yeah, I mean, well, he started strongly for like two games, you know, three games. Yeah. But then, yeah, then he slowed down and then he got injured and uh, Liverpool's Twitter was on fire at the beginning of the season because yeah. everybody was, you know, they yeah. couldn't believe what type of player the new this number was. Eight, man, Gerard gave him his jersey. Yeah, you it know, was amazing. A lot of pressure. I think I think this kid um he might not be ready actually to uh, to to sink all the pressure mm-hmm. all the pressure on him. Yeah. It might take a little bit of time. But I think he has a great team around him. I think he has great teammates. Sadio Mane was his best friend when they used to play together yeah. uh, at Red Bull. So um, Yeah, he's also had a couple of injuries here and there that slowed him down. But for me, the best thing for Naby Keita is that he wasn't signed as a, uh, as, a mess, like a, as a messiah or a savior or a hero. You know? So he won't have that pressure on his shoulders like that. Uh, the pressure will be coming from you know, uh, maybe the price tag a little bit. He wasn't the most expensive. But I think it will be just personal pressure because he knows what he's capable. I think of. the number eight is just it's just a, a, a whole new thing on its own, man. Of course, yeah. Like having Gerard give you like they took a big, like he gave him literally the jersey himself. Yeah, I think that's the pressure on him. It's not it's not for him to it's not for him to actually make it happen every game because mm-hmm. this pressure is more on uh, Salah and perhaps a little bit Mani and Firmino. Of course, yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's more like being the one midfielder who plays all the games and start all the games compared yeah. to his peers and be, you know. Because if you compare it, like in terms of pressure, it's not like, like what the pressure I'm talking about is, for example, when United signed Pogba back two yeah. summers ago. Yeah, okay. That's pressure because yeah. when he signed, I mean, first of all, world record yeah. but forget the re- world record it's about the guy coming back you know you know he was supposed to be the guy in yeah. the team so yeah, yeah. he you know it's basically he came on and that's his team yeah. you know yeah, yeah. so that, he doesn't have that same pressure as in he has unbelievable players around him already uh, who can take the heat off of him so it, I think it's a positive environment for him to uh, to, uh, to grow in yeah, man, I look forward to Wednesday, and we'll we'll see what happens with Liverpool, man. Uh, Salah had another goal. For it's Napoli, it's uh, it's hitting, man, at the top of the uh, goal score. I mean, I think the top two. Aubameyang has eight goals now. Salah has seven. Uh, Aguero has eight as well. It's uh, it's gonna be an interesting battle. Harry Kane has seven. Uh, so yeah, man, we'll talk yeah. about Harry Kane. We well, can move to the Tottenham and Chelsea game. It's not lonely at the top, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 3-1, man. I think uh, Pochettino really... Uh, Bro. Yeah, I think he outplayed Sarri by, by far. I think it, that was like a really interesting tactical battle that Big Pochettino, Pochettino has, has came on top. Yeah. Um, you know, Lucas Mora and Lamela did not start this game. Mm-hmm. Those were the two really shiny players uh, that, that Tottenham was depending on. But is it safe to say that Tottenham is back? Because, I mean, their performance was amazing, but I don't know if... No. No, 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 you don't believe so? This is what I'll Why say. Why not, man? 
Look, I've been seeing this for the last five years. Okay. I mean, I know, I know. I mean, Deli Ali is back. Ericsson no, is back. No, Son no. is back. Nah, and, nah. and and the thing is, they were injured. They were injured. Uh, I mean, I think being injured at the beginning of the season gave them a little bit of rest as well. Mm-hmm. So I think they're fresh. This is what I'll say. Every year we see performances like this from Tottenham. They beat some of the big teams. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they just they just don't cut it. They just can't cut it enough. Yeah, but but Chelsea because the Chelsea most, didn't lose any any game thus far, man. Like I know, it wasn't I know. it wasn't. No, no, no. I know. So what I'm saying is, it's not only beating Chelsea, but it's the first loss for Chelsea this season. Of course, yeah. But what I'm saying is, saying that Tottenham is back is a bit misguided. I'm saying based, it. Based I'm saying what, it, man. Tottenham on, is back. Based on what we know, but uh, from what? I'll bet on it. Just from their performance, just from the way they looked. I really believe that uh, they're going to have a momentum mm-hmm. for the upcoming 5-10 games. Well, I hope for them because I really want to That's see... That's my back, man. We'll talk about, we'll talk about it in other episodes. For me... All right? And, and you can call me, you can call me out on I'll it. Call if, out. Yeah, I'll call you out. I'll call you out because... Be, okay. Okay, so, I mean, we can also see next weekend what happens against Arsenal. Okay. But for yeah. me, my point is uh, Tottenham, they come out, they, they, they pull out these performances every, one, every once in a while against big teams and then we're like, oh, shit... They mean business. They're really serious this year. And then the same thing happens all over and over again. But what I would say, though, uh, is that uh, Mauricio Pochettino wiped the floor with Sarri. Yeah. I mean, what, what, this is what we were saying at the beginning, though, when Chelsea's system, you know, when we kept saying that they were still learning, but they were winning while yeah. they were learning? Yeah. We did say that we see a weakness in this team uh, in that when Jorginho is not there... I mean, what happens with the team? Exactly. Like, he's the cog of the team. He's the engine. That's what I he wanted to what... say. Like, does Chelsea equal Jorginho in, the, in a sense where if you control Jorginho... That's it. That's it. That's it. To the point... So, to, where is Azar, man? You can't even leave Azar. Where is Azar? Well, there's no... Because... No, nothing connects Azar. That's the thing. Because yeah, but Chelsea... A, a big sa- player makes things happen from nothing. And perhaps nothing connects Azar, as you said. Yeah. But he has to sometimes step up and just do an amazing, you know, make something out of nothing and score a goal, man. Man, I, th- I think that comes from the coach. It comes from the coach because this is how they play. They play from the back. Uh, David Luiz and Tony Rudiger are very important in this process. They link up with Jorginho, who plays like a quarterback, basically. Yeah. Jorginho links up with the, 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 the attackers. Yeah. What happens is also they, they, they have this thing that they call the third, third uh, running man third man running, whatever you want to call it. Uh, build up play, defense, ball is moved from defense to Jorginho. Jorginho passes the ball. Uh, Jorginho or one of the defenders, they pass the ball to the striker who drops really, really deep. You know, that can be Giroud, that can be Morata. Yeah. When that, when that striker drops really, really deep, like almost at the halfway line, the center backs follow him. And when they do follow him, as soon as Morata receives the ball, one touch back to Jorginho, and then Jorginho pings it forward, and that can be to two. either Hazard that can be or William. yeah, William Hazard, whoever's yeah. up top there. But essentially, they have space that's created already, and obviously Hazard and William have tremendous space. Yeah. So that's the that's the that's the that's the blueprint for them. Yeah. So when you stifle uh, Jorginho like Dele Alli did, men mark the shit out Man, of him. Man, Dele Alli, bro. <laughs> Nothing happens. Amazing tactical game from him. Man. They pressed so high up, it was incredible. They were so high up, they were winning, they, they were having like numerical superiority in Chelsea's half. Yeah. 
Like sometimes you will have five against two yeah, yeah, yeah. in Chelsea's half, and the, yeah. and the five will be from Tottenham, yeah. and then in the middle you will have uh, Kante and uh, freaking William or whatever. Like they basically, uh, how do they call that? Uh, Rondo. Like it's a different name. Like you know, in training when when you're around the ball and like there's there's somebody in the middle. Okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I anyway, don't, I don't for know our listeners, that, man, but yeah. different terms for you know from different countries, but basically that's the situation. Uh, that Chelsea's midfielders uh, find themselves in, you know, uh, Tottenham they really narrowed down the pitch, yeah. uh, which allowed almost uh, 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 Alonso and Aspilicueta to go really, really high up, and then Tottenham wins back the ball so high up the pitch, and when they do the transition like this, Chelsea is so cut because two defenders are out of possession. Out of position, sorry. Yeah. And uh, their other two defenders are so high up the pitch. I think I, th- I think another problem for Chelsea also is not having a striker, to be honest, because Morata has been really poor. Mm. Uh, and then Giroud... Uh, yeah, he was he outside. Went, went, I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, I, I told you about that stat. Uh, oh my God. So Bournemouth, the the whole team of Bournemouth had, had like 15 offsides mm. thus far in the Premier League. Morata on his own had 18 offsides yeah, crazy this, this season. This guy, man, and, and even when he's offside, he misses. He misses whatever chance he has. Mm. Um, I really think Chelsea need uh, a quality uh, center forward uh, if they want to really, uh, if, 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 if they want to compete for the title. Yeah. If they continue with Morata or Giroud, I think they're going to end up top four. But it's gonna, you know, they're gonna be literally out of the race for the for the title. Yeah. Because I mean, Giroud is it's a sub. very frustrating. Giroud is, man. A, Giroud is a sub. And, and he came much. in and he scored. And every time he comes in, he's a super sub. So then you saw him the game afterwards. You know the game. And he doesn't you know, deliver. He does. He doesn't deliver as much. You know, as, as much as starts, as much yeah. as the, as much as he does when he comes into the game. He does a lot of assists. Yeah. He's but a, he's, he's even better than Morata. But he's not. He's not the future. So that's why Morata is playing right yeah. now. Uh, I don't know, man. To me, he's an impact player. He doesn't have the same impact when he starts the game. Uh, I think he thrives of that of that pressure when he comes on as a sub it's a little bit like Chicharito when he was at yeah, United yeah. when he would start games he wouldn't be as good when he would come on for the last 5-10 minutes he would be tremendous and Giroud is the same thing that's what I see in him um, Morata he had a good round of games uh, recently you know and I don't know what's going on I mean it's only been the first game uh, since uh, the international break but you, you can see that it's still there, you know, the, the, the lack of confidence, yeah. the positional play that's so foul. Uh, and when I say positional play, if you compare it to a Harry Kane, the way he performed in this game, the way he was pulling the defenders out of position and creating space in the middle for uh, Dele Alli and, and, um, and, and his teammates, Eric Son, uh, Eric Son. Um, Son as well, who had a tremendous solo goal. I mean, they just stretched that defense apart. It was it was unbelievable for me, and, and even and, and Kepa, because that's the other tactic that Chelsea does. Uh, Yo, Kepa was really good, man. Yeah, he was good in saving, but he had a great game. He, but yeah, he, he, he had a couple of saves. Yeah, so he was good in that. But when you hire a, when you sign a, a goalkeeper like Kepa or uh, let's say uh, Allison or Ederson, because they're they're a bit similar in that kind, uh, because they're almost like a like an additional player actually yeah. who has to yeah, be really yeah. good with his feet. You also have to like eliminate, um, like when you're being pressed really high up, you eliminate that threat by passing the ball to one of your one of your uh, your midfielders. But even that, he couldn't. He wasn't able to do because they were being man marked so much. Yeah. Basically, he couldn't pass it to his defenders because Harry Kane, uh, Son, and Dele Alli, Eriksen were 
up there, just impossible to pass it to David Luiz or Rüdiger or Jorginho. And then he will pass it to Kante and Kovacic. And they'll be covered as well. They'll be marked as well uh, by Eric Dyer or Sissoko. He just couldn't... He, w- he was giving the ball away every time he was kicking the ball because they were so tightly marked. It was... No, tactically, tactically brilliant from Pochettino. He ate Sarri for... The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was amazing. That was amazing uh, from Sarri and from... Uh, sorry. Pochettino. Pochettino and uh, Tottenham. Uh, Chelsea are fucking overdue. Uh, they've been, you know, <laughs> they, 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 they were due for a loss. Like, you know, some of the games, I mean, even against United, I mean, arguably we should have won that if we were more serious as a team. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you could see that, you know, if you, if there's a, it's a bit shaky in this team still. Uh, if you stifle Jorginho, pretty much that's it. Uh, you can build from that. And uh, the defense, when they come back, they're out of position every single time because they they play so high up the pitch. And specifically Alonso. Uh, They always target that left side hand of the pitch. And it's the same thing when they play it against Liverpool. So for me, Chelsea and Sarri, they have to find an alternative to Jorginho. They they have to find another type of game plan because right now... And and I also think they have to um, reassess how Conte plays plays in the team because you you're not getting the best out of him. Yeah. And and he, yeah, and he's been tired. Yeah. The past two Surprisingly, games. Been, yeah. I've never I've, I've never thought this would be possible. <laughs> but they do have to rethink that or give him a little break, you know, give give him a one week rest. Yeah, I guess so. Man. All right, man. Um last game for this episode, man. Um Tottenham Bournemouth. No, Bournemouth Arsenal. Bournemouth Arsenal, my bad. <laughs> Damn. No, we have been talking about Tottenham that yeah. much. All right, man. So um, Arsenal started with a different uh, tactics. Uh, they played with three in the back, uh, Papastopoulos, Mustafi, and Holding. Mm-hmm. And then in the midfield, they had Torreira and Chaka, which I think is, is their best uh, combination. And then, you know, on the left, Colasinas, Bellerin. Bellerin was, you know, almost non-present mm-hmm. in this game. And then, you know, Iwobi, Mkhitaryan, and Aubameyang. Um, Ozil did not play. And uh, did you see what he said? Yeah, he said what he said. It was too it, demanding it, it, it for was, him. It was too physically, too physically, not dem- too physically demanding. Physically demanding for so him. So are you calling your player, your player weak, or do you think that's a you know that's a little stab, or that's a, that's I, just to? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a. I, because I, a lot we, we had a lot of rumors at the beginning of the year yeah you know we talked about it and then a lot of times Emery would come out come out and say a lot of times Izzy would, would miss out a game because he's sick yeah that happens every season like, by the way right, every sick. season since he's been at Arsenal yeah, he gets 2013 sick. yeah there's always a couple of games always he, he has the flu yeah alright yeah <laughs> um, but yeah no so I mean of course it's a jab from um Emery, I don't know if he means it as in a jab yeah. or, you know, maybe he's just a fucking manager. I think he, I th- I think he, was, knows he, he wants to motivate team. him or, or maybe it was or maybe it was clearly just his analysis of, yeah. of how Bournemouth plays, man. So for me, what I can tell what, what I can say from this about this manager so far, he is not afraid to make big decisions. Yeah. You know, Wenger, I don't know how long it took him to sub uh, Ozil or to bench him. You know, for specific games, if you're a manager, you need to be able to recognize what are the strengths and weaknesses of your team. That's why you get paid. Why would you play a player if you know that this game is not his type of game and he's more suited for this other game? You know, I mean, of course, as a as an important player uh, like Ozil, you should be suited for every freaking game. But of course, he has some deficiencies 
uh, on the physical side or whatever. Sometimes he's not as concentrated. Um, or he's just not up for it, right? Uh, but as a manager, if you know that and you recognize that he can be helpful in certain type of games and not other, not other games, good for you. Good yeah. for you and good for you for taking those decisions and, uh, and them paying off, you know? Uh, Torreira, exceptional. Hmm. You, you, you were in love with him, man, before he, before he even came he, to Arsenal. He, I just think that Arsenal hasn't had a player like that since I don't know how, I don't know how long. Yeah. I mean, Vieira is way too far, yeah. but is it is that the last player like this that they had, like a, a destroyer in the middle of the, of the pitch? Because Shaka was never never able to uh, to do that. He is good with his ball. And Shaka also is, I think, too technical. Too, yeah, I mean, too good technically. He's to, good uh, with the, the ball at his feet. Uh, yeah, he has a lot. Uh, but Arsenal hasn't had a destroyer in the in the middle of the, of the park. I, 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 I want to say since Patrick Vieira, but that's been like more than 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, and what he's doing right now, Torreira, I mean, obviously, finally he's starting, you know, he's, he started, I think, the past probably yeah, five... Yeah, he, he started some games, five league some, games. some games not, but... Uh, yeah, it's yeah. at the beginning that he wasn't starting, but right now, you know, he's playing. Uh, he played he played for Uruguay as well, I think, uh, for the international break. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's been tremendous for them. He's been tremendous. Man, one of my favorite players is Iwobi. Um, to be honest, like it's it's really for me it's really uh, maybe odd but really respectful that he's between uh, because he plays on the wing or he mm. plays he plays on the wing and it's between him, Mkhitaryan and Özil. Özil. And between those three, he has been the one who maybe uh, got the more the most minutes thus far mm -hmm. uh, playing time. Uh, and then it's always either uh, do you do you play with Mkhitaryan or Özil or do you play with both of them or one of you know one yeah. of each. So. Uh, So uh, I mean, you know, and then Aubameyang, uh, eighth goal, man. I think I think it's gonna be. Uh, uh, I don't know if Aubameyang gonna be able to do it this year, but he might. He might. To be honest, he might finish uh, top scorer in the, in the Premier League. He has he has everything. Uh, he has speed. He has a finish. He has eye for goal. Mm -hmm. Oh man, what, what, what? You know, I don't know, man. But he he's definitely one of my favorite number nines. Yeah. For for the past you know five years. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think yeah, he's, he's going to be a contender, but you yeah. know, at the end of the day, man, if, if Salah is not injured, no chance for Aubameyang or Harry Kane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's been he's been very instrumental for Arsenal this season. Pretty much, we can say since uh, January when they bought him. Uh, I think he's had what like thirty one games and he scored twenty goals or something like that. You know, which is a really, really, really good return. Uh, also has that best Premier League ratio and. In people who uh, scored uh, 10 goals or more, something like that. Yeah, like in you know what's funny ever, too? ever. You, uh, you know what's funny too is that his his eight goals this season have, have all came in the second, second half. half. That's the thing. Yeah. So we've said that Arsenal uh, they don't start the game uh, as quickly as they should, uh, but the second half they've been very emphatic, uh, and every time that um, that Arsenal has scored goals in the second half, it's been Aubameyang, Aubameyang, yeah. Aubameyang. Yeah. I don't think he scored a goal in the first half so far. This, no, no, no. This, this Zero. In the so, Premier League, at least. Yeah. yeah. All right. <coughs> next week, man, we have what? Arsenal Tottenham, right? Arsenal Tottenham next gonna week. That's going to be like the big game for next week, guys. Yeah, so yeah. watch out for our next episode because I'm, I'm really looking forward for this game, man, because both of them have, uh, I think they're going to have a full squad. Mm -hmm. and it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, it's going to be dope. And uh, obviously, you guys, uh, Champions League week. Uh, so it's back right now. 
for you guys who are wondering why we're not covering that, uh, we did decide at the beginning of the season that we will just start covering uh, in February when the knock when the knockouts um, the knockout games uh, start unraveling. You know, I think right now it's too early. It's too much content. Uh, we are going to touch on the Champions League performances from the English teams when we cover them. You know, for the weekend. Yeah. But we won't. Uh, make a game analysis like yep. we did last year yeah. uh, until we get to the knock, knock, knockout stage. All right, guys. Um, thank you for tuning in. And as always, don't forget to subscribe uh, whatever you're listening to our podcast, man. You guys can catch us actually everywhere, man. Spotify, anywhere, man. Yeah. Uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, wherever you are, man. Whoever is your podcast dealer, they got it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys. So... Uh, you want to add something? No, happy to be back. And uh, yeah, thank you for supporting us. All right, guys. Peace. Take care.